Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Ready or not, the holiday season is upon us. Every year, I try to take as much of the stress and emotional drain out of the season as possible. But as you know, that's not easy. We even get stressed out on how to greet each other. Should we address strangers with a heartfelt Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, or the benign Happy Holidays? Seems no matter what we say, we run the risk of offending someone. I guess as a pastor, I'm supposed to know about these things, but I really don't have a definitive answer. So I was pondering this the other night. I've noticed that my mind wanders more and more as I get older. But anyway, I came up with an ingenious solution. I made up a new holiday greeting. Happy Hanukkah Christmas. That is, I thought I'd made up a new word. A quick Google search returned many prior references to Hanukkah Christmas. Oh well, I'm still going to use it. Some of you may find my new portmanteau or combined word offensive, but don't be too quick to judge. The Jewish celebration of Hanukkah and the Christian celebration of Christmas have a lot more in common than you may think. Of course, there are the superficial resemblances. Christians have Christmas trees and Jews have Hanukkah bushes. Jews light the candles of a menorah, while Christians light candles stuck in a log or an advent wreath. In the Jewish tradition, gifts are often given on each of the eight nights of Hanukkah, while Christians open piles of gifts on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning. Jewish families feast on latkes and donuts, while Christmas parties serve lefts and sugar cookies. Unless we forget... Hanukkah and Christmas are both times for special acts of devotion and worshiping God. But there is a much deeper and profound connection between these two holidays that's not quite as obvious. And if we can see this connection, we'll realize that something is going on here that's more significant than our words of holiday greeting when we shake hands or perhaps this year elbow bump a stranger. In order to get us into this deeper understanding, I'm going to look back at the true purposes of these two holidays. I'll try, forgive the trite phrase, put Christ back in Christmas and God back in Hanukkah. I'll start with and spend a bit more time on Hanukkah than Christmas because it's less widely understood than Christmas just by the sheer number of people celebrating. Plus, Hanukkah is not really a major event in the Jewish worship calendar and has been kind of swept up in the commercialized mania of Christmas in our culture. Although not one of the major holidays, Hanukkah nonetheless offers us important insights that shouldn't be overlooked. The Hebrew word Hanukkah means dedication. The celebration of Hanukkah, also known as the Festival of Lights, 
commemorates the rededication of the Jerusalem temple that had been profaned by the Greek ruler Antiochus IV Epiphanes. In the 2nd century BC, a Jewish revolt drove the Greeks out of Jerusalem and the temple was to be rededicated. Now, the prescribed dedication ceremony was to last eight days and the olive oil-fueled menorah in the temple was to be left burning throughout that time. But unfortunately, after the temple was desecrated, only a one-day supply of consecrated oil was left in the temple. Miraculously, the lamp remained lit for the full eight days. Although different traditions exist, the following text from the 12th century Jewish scholar Maimonides prescribes the Hanukkah remembrance. When, on the 25th of Kislev, the Jews had emerged victorious over their foes and destroyed them, they re-entered the temple where they found only one jar of pure oil, enough to be lit for only a single day. Yet they used it for lighting the required set of lamps for eight days until they managed to press olives and produce more pure oil. Because of this, the sages of that generation ruled that the eight days beginning with the 25th of Kislev should be observed as days of rejoicing and praising the Lord. Lamps are lit in the evening over the doors of the homes on each of the eight nights, so as to display the miracle. These days are called Hanukkah, when it is forbidden to lament or to fast, just as it is on the days of Purim. Lighting the lamps during the eight days of Hanukkah is a religious duty imposed by the sages. You see, in observant Jewish households today, on the first night of Hanukkah, a single candle is lit in the menorah. The menorah holds nine candles, the ninth being used to light the others. An additional candle is lit each night until all are lit on the eighth night. The lit candles are to be used as an object of meditation on the Hanukkah miracle. Often the lighting of the candles is accompanied by the opening of gifts and eating special trips, trick, treats like latkes or potato pancakes, and playing dreidel, which is played by spinning a traditional four-sided top or dreidel. Hanukkah is intended to be a time of happy celebration. Some households display a Hanukkah bush, which is often indistinguishable from a Christmas tree, minus any Christian-related ornaments or symbols. It is another manifestation of the Festival of Lights. But there's an ongoing controversy over the use of the Hanukkah bush as it can be seen as an assimilationist version of the Christmas tree, which can be offensive considering the persecution of the Jews by Christians throughout history. Christians possess a rather consistent attitude toward the meaning of Christmas. It celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ in Bethlehem to a poor couple named Mary and Joseph. Mary was a virgin and the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. The manger scenes that pop up in churchyards and people's lawns weeks before the holiday 
pretty much summarized the story. The baby Jesus was born in a manger, in a cave or a stable. Angels appeared in the heavens and announced the holy birth to shepherds who came to witness the holy event. Finally, wise men from the east are led by a star to the birthplace, bringing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The pastoral scene is envisioned to include sheep, cows, and an occasional dog or camel. It was a silent night, holy night, all was calm and bright. But was it? We know that Hanukkah is based in the context of war and political and religious conflict. We often forget that the birth of Jesus occurred in an equally turbulent and dangerous setting. Just as the Jewish homeland was occupied by the Greeks during the time remembered in Hanukkah, it was occupied by the equally brutal Romans at the time of Jesus' birth. Mary and Joseph had to make the long and dangerous trek to Bethlehem while she was pregnant to register for Roman taxes. And King Herod was searching for the birth of this baby, and it was proclaimed to be the Messiah, and the wise men had to deceive him to throw him off the trail. Because Herod was threatened by the birth of this baby. So around the time of Jesus' birth, Herod ordered the slaughter of all the male Hebrew children under two years of age to make sure the child did not survive. Mary and Joseph fled to Egypt to escape the brutal slaughter with their child. On the four weeks preceding Christmas, Christians light Advent candles for to, te- for, to foretell that something great was about to happen. On Christmas Eve, the fifth candle, candle, the Christ candle is lit to honor the coming of the light into the world. In candlelight services around the world, the following passage from the Gospel of John is read as worshipers pass a candle flame from one to another. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being with him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. It is in the midst of this political turmoil that we find the direct connection between Hanukkah and Christmas. Hanukkah reminds us that God was faithful to his people. In the hardest time, when all hope seemed to be lost, when the temple was desecrated and then finally reclaimed, God was there. God kept those eight lamps burning as a reminder of his presence. When the Romans replaced the Greeks as oppressors, imposing taxes that ground the people into poverty, God sent a Savior in the person of Jesus Christ. The shared message for Christians and Jews at Hanukkah Christmas is that God is always with us 
even in the most perilous times in our lives. The people of Israel experience that to be true over and over again throughout their 4,000-year history to the present. Christians found that truth in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Both Christmas and Hanukkah are times of thanks for what God has done in the past and of hope for what God promised in the future. And now, during the in-between time, we seek ways to remind ourselves of our salvation history in God. Look around you. All over, you will see people stringing lights on trees and bushes and eaves of their homes. Doesn't really matter, does it, whether they're celebrating Hanukkah or Christmas? When you see those, whether you are a Jew, Jew or a Christian, or neither for that matter, remember that they are signs of hope. In the darkness of the world, God shines light. God's light shines through. Remember, God saves. So when you give Hanukkah gifts on the eight nights, as you light the candles on your menorah, or when you unwrap the gifts under your Hanukkah bush, remember the gift of life and love and hope. And the same goes for when you light that last Advent candle and unwrap the gifts under the Christmas tree. And when you gather as a family or as a congregation, give thanks for the community that God has gathered around you as a visible sign of divine love for you and for all humankind. We are never alone. Eat, dance, play games, and celebrate together. In the words of Psalm 149, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel be glad in its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing making melody to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with victory. Let the faithful exult in glory. Let them sing of joy on their couches. Let the high praises of God be in their throats. As we celebrate God's saving grace, we cannot forget what we are being saved from. Looking around us, we see many threats. This will be the second Christmas that we pray to be saved from the COVID-19 pandemic. And so we are thankful for the progress that medical professionals give us hope for a healthier future. And we are thankful for God's presence with us. Also, the recent violence that's plaguing our country reminds us of the power of human sin. We are thankful for law enforcement officers who protect us, for teachers, social workers, and mental health professionals who are helping and striving 
to make our young people feel loved. And to religious leaders of all faiths who preach, advocate for, and live out compassion. We pray that in this season of love and hope, that the hearts and minds of those in government would be open to work together to create a peaceful and just society. We hope that we can live as though we know we are in the presence of God. And we pray that God, in the spirit of Hanukkah Christmas, would unite the wills of all people, of all faiths, in one true spirit of hope, peace, and love. Thank you for joining me today. May God bless you and be gracious unto you. May the light of God give you hope. May you and your family celebrate with joy and gladness. Amen. <music>